A good ner Shabbos, Parshas Re'e, the third week of Nichumim, third week of consolation. And so interesting how the Haftorah starts off, which basically means a boat that's in some kind of tempest, in some kind of storm. Lonuchama can't be consoled. There's, there's too much fear going on. And I think that that's also a message that Kosh Baruch Hu expects us to st- still have this, um, I guess, a, a feeling of not wanting to be consoled, of wanting to remember that just three weeks ago we were mourning, we were crying over the base of Mikdash, we, we, we are sitting on the floor. And now we're at this special stage of the game, and it's a whole new world. And are we able to be consoled? Are we able to just like turn on the music, spark up the grills, drink up the wine, and forget it all? And I think that that's part of the message in the Haftarah. And trying to say, don't worry. Even though, hey, wait a second, maybe we haven't gotten the message, we haven't done tshuva yet. Look, some people are not perfected themselves yet. So one of the psukim says, All your children are people that are able to learn and be invested in by Kosh Baruch Hu. And then it says a beautiful word, With tztaka, you could be upheld, you can be supported. The the world, as it were, Klal Yisrael, could be supported by tzedakah. And then it says, a few seconds later, any kind of weapons of, of war that are aimed at you will not be successful. And all the, I guess, prosecutorial voices that are trying to persecute and prosecute us will not be successful. This is the inheritance of the servants of God. And I think that that's... That one more pause. And anybody who's thirsty, let him go to water. The Gemara, of course, says this is referring to Torah. That especially in the hot, hot summer when we get thirsty... We should realize that the experience of thirst is, is a muscle for us to be able to take it and say, wow, there's something I should be thirsting for. I'm having this intense desire to quench my thirst. It's not just a physical message. It's a message that my neshama also has that desire to be quenched. It's thirst. And the only way is through Torah. So that's just a quick little message about the Haftorah. I want to, I'll go back to the, something in the Haftorah, but I want to mention something that Rav Gamliel said. And he, you know, the Rashi is just so powerful. And sometimes people just run over the Rashi because there's three Pshetlach in Rashi. So maybe you wouldn't necessarily go to the third one. Okay, I got a shot in the first one and person goes weiter. And the few Psukim is talking about that the Jews are going to Eretz Yisrael and there's going to be places of idol worship 
And it says, Abed Tabdum is called Makomos Asher Avdu Shama Goyim. Destroy and obliterate all the places that the Goyim did of Odazara, that you're going to be inheriting that, those places. And, um, on the tall mountains and the, and the molehills and underneath every pleasant tree, what we got to do is nitatz them as mizbechoseim, mizbechosom. We have to crush and and decimate their altars. Vasherehem tizrefum beish, and their avodazara trees burn in fire, and psile elohehem tigadeun and chop down their idols, the totem poles. And obliterate the name, eradicate the name from that place. And then the next Pesach says, But don't do that, Tashem. So it's a very interesting juxtaposition. You're talking about getting rid of and obliterating and uprooting and removing any semblance of Avodazar that there is. And then the Pesach says, But don't do that, Tashem. <laughs> Why would I think to do it Hashem? So Rashi starts off with chat number one. Chat number one says, um, sorry, it says to, to bring a Ketoros, um, in every place. Don't make Ketoros. Alright? Just in this place Hashem chooses. But it still doesn't seem to be satisfying the blaring question. Another way of understanding is, and you should crumble their altars and obliterate their names. Don't do that, Tashem. is a warning that a person shouldn't erase God's name. Okay, I mean, why would I think I could? So it could be that there is a, a psak, I think in the maral, interesting maral, when the sofa writes, Hashem Hashem, and we know that if you mess up Shem Hashem, it's a big problem. You can't erase God's name. So there is something called klifa, which basically you take a very thin razor blade and you kind of go into the thickness of the parchment, which is not very thick to begin with. So there's some experts that are able to do this. And I've, when I had been writing a whole urea with many different columns and realizing I skipped the line, and therefore, the only way to do it is to remove one of the names of Hashem, so you can't erase God's name. But this, these fellows, a few people are able to do this. They take a razor blade and they go in and underneath the ink, and they remove a little layer of parchment, a very thin layer. Because if they make a hole in the parchment, then it's messed up. Also, they just remove a little bit of parchment underneath the ink. And it comes out, you see, like the Shem Hashem with a little bit of white behind it. As experts, I would not dare to try that, but uh, they, ch- they charge not that much to, for the service. And it saves a lot of time. So the morale has another eter that some types of things kedele yapot at Hashem in order to make, the, if there's something that looks not be, becoming and bechoved, for Hashem's name, so if it's not part of the essence of the letter, they say something just sticking out to me that's smudged. So according to the morale, a sorry might be able to 
erase the things that are coming out of the normal place of the letter. And again, I don't know if anybody paskins like that, but there's that Havamina. But is that really what Rashi is telling us? The Pusik is telling me it tells don't erase Hashem's name contrary to the morale? Probably not. And then Rashi gives a third explanation. The third explanation is why would we ever have a Havamina? The Torah says destroy the Vodazar, obliterate them, decimate them, don't leave any remnants of the Vodazar, Bichlau. And then the Torah says, don't do that to God. What is it talking about? So Rashi says something very scary. Amar Rabbi Shmuel. V'chimala adatcha she'Yisrael notzi mesmizbechos Hashem. Anybody would think that the Yidin would go and destroy Hashem's altar? Ela shelo ta'asu kemaseyem. Don't do the things the way the Goyim do it. The Yigrimu Avonosechem, the Mikdash Avonosechem Sheikharev. Don't do these Averas and these sins that would cause the base of Mikdash to be destroyed. So therefore, when a person, Chaz Shalom would speak Lashon Hara, when a person would do Gilirashi Hazdamin Avodazara, when a person would act in a way of Sinaschinam, these are all actions that are destroying the Mizbeach HaShem. And therefore the Torah is telling us, you know, all these things that you have to obliterate the Vodazara. Don't do something in your life that would cause that to happen. And Rav Gamliel was saying, talking in Shul. He says, that's, it's Geferlech. It's almost like showing you have no respect for the place that you're supposed to be praying in. Connecting to HaKosh how can we do that? And therefore, we have to make sure that we do not do something that would let, that would lead Hashem to have to destroy even a mikdash ma'at, let alone the base of mikdash itself. So that was very powerful. Then there was a very interesting story that um, two stories. One, there was a message that happened. Uh, some kids came back from camp overseas. And they arrived here in America. I happen to be in America now, and therefore it's coming out pretty late. Um, and some kids lost their suitcases. and They got informed by the company, it might be 10 days to two weeks to get your suitcase back. Say <laughs> so he's stuck with nothing, has nothing to do. He doesn't know what to do. They put out some kind of uh, alert, and somebody said, I'll tell you what, how old is a kid? 14? I've got a 15-year-old kid. He's got closets full and we haven't cleaned it up. We haven't got rid of the things he doesn't need. He's got lots of extra clothes that he never wore bichlal. Here's our code to our house. Go inside, the third room to the left. I'm not sure exactly which room it is. They describe to them which room to go into. These people are not home. They gave a stranger, another Yid, the code to the house, the directions to which room they should go in and take everything and anything they would need in the, in the boy's closet. And the, the mother of the child whose, whose suitcase was lost was just flabbergasted. Like, I can't believe the chesed. The chesed not only just to give us everything and anything, but then again, 
thanking them. Oh, you saved us so much work to have to sift through of what we have to give away. Klaisho, bitstaka tikonani, maizim of chesed of avaschinam. What that's doing to bring the geula closer is immeasurable. I happen to also be in the community in Lakewood. Um, I have a dear friend who I have is friends with another person who I happen to know, who never his daughter has been sick with the machala for a few years now, and he's been going back and forth from America to take them, take his daughter to Tipulim to treatments, and just one thing after another, and. Finally, there's some hope that in a few more months she'll become an American citizen. She's been here long enough that she can now apply for citizenship and then she'll be able to get some kind of Medicare, Medicaid, but this still needs a few more months. And they're at their wits' end. They don't, the father doesn't have a place to stay. He sleeps in base measures. I'm not sure exactly the situation, but he has to pay the bills, the private therapists and things like that. Just, it's unbelievable. So my friend, he came and he went and spoke to a few people. And the father of this girl is a tremendous Talmud Chacham. It was a Magid Shir and a top Yeshiva in Yerushalayim. And um, they hear the story. And this, a few people from the shul said, how much do you think he needs? A hundred thousand? No way. What about this, 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 and this? He needs more. We're going to take it on as our project. Can you imagine? They don't even know the fellow. And they're doing so much to help another Yid. And I think that that's the Pasuk, if you look in Parsha's Re'ar Parsha, in Perik Tesvav, Pasuk Zayim. It says, Ki Lest there be in your midst an impoverished person from one of your brethren, from one in one of the gates in your land, don't harden your heart and don't clench your fist to withhold yourself from giving to this impoverished person. Rather, Open up your hands, and if you need to, you can take a, a some kind of collateral, but provide him with de machsero, that which he's lacking. And uh, it's it's unbelievable thing. Nason titen lo give. Surely you should give to him. And shouldn't have a bad taste in your mouth that you're giving him. I'm, uh, maybe I'm enabling another entitled person to think that they could get anything that they didn't, don't want to work for. Chas v'sholem. Ki biglal hadavar azeh yivrech Hashem alakecha b'chol ma'asecha b'chol mishlach yedecha. For this very issue, if you're not judging the person, Hashem will bless you in your actions and everything that you do. Because there's never going to be missing a poor person in the land. There's always, Hashem says, there's always going to be somebody who needs. And it's not because they're not Balavera. And it's not because that they are 
lazy and it's not because they feel entitled and it's not that we've enabled them. It's the reality. Akash Baruch wants to give us the opportunity to be givers. And if nobody ever needed, then who would we give to? And Kaviyachal Akash Baruch makes it sound that he needs us to do mitzvahs for him. It's if we're doing, giving strength to Hashem. Give strength to God. God doesn't need our strength. Oh yeah, therefore I'm commanding you, open up your hands and give to the poor people. And I think that this is something that a lot of times it's it's a phenomena. You're in shul, and there's like a whole stream of mishulachim coming by, and each and every one of them with a, a sadder story than the next. And each and everybody is with a certification, certification from the board or the community. And there's so many people that need. And we get annoyed. Oh, why are they bothering us in the middle of davening? So some kilos have a thing that you have to wait till after davening to give your sales pitch. Very nice. That's much more mechubedek. But we have to understand sometimes these people are just desperate. And you know, sometimes you say, I've seen this person 20 times already. What's his problem? Get a job. Like, man up. We really can't judge. And we don't know. Again, somebody who you suspect is using and abusing the system. Again, who wants you to be responsible. Don't just give mass quantities to anybody who asks. Yes, you're allowed to find out and make sure that they have a qualification. But um, if they have, then we that's our obligation. Shem should help us, so we should always be from the givers and never have to be a taker. And maybe that a Baruch will see how much we want to give to each other and give to him, that he will give to us the Geula Shlema with Mashiach Tzikeno, Meher Bimeno, Amen. Have an amazing Shabbat. Zai Gebenched.